Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Noobs podcast. It is so hard to believe that we've made 30 of these things so far. Uh, So thank you to all who are listening and participating uh, and making this possible and giving me a reason to do this. I love it so much. And I'm so glad that there are people out there who are enjoying it. A lot of you have been reaching out to me on social media lately, and I love it. I love the participation. I respond to everybody as quickly as I can. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm so glad that you guys are too. With that, this is Q&A episode 3.0. It's our third Q&A episode. We have the most questions on this episode out of any so far. Uh, So I'm going to have to get into them pretty quickly. But any Q&A episode, I always like to say thank you so much to everybody who submitted a question. I love these questions. And if you were wondering if I was going to answer your question or not, now I will answer it for you in this episode. Um, I want to mention that because sometimes... The Q&A episodes are a little bit delayed because not only do I need to accumulate the questions and then record an episode to answer them, I also then need to release that episode and I usually record at least a week and a half, two weeks in advance before I post the episode because I need time to edit it and prepare it and make sure everything sounds good. Uh, But thank you to everybody who submitted questions, as always, and you can submit questions on my Instagram. Uh, Every week on Wednesday, I post in the morning on my story uh, for anybody to submit questions who has any question about whiskey, alcohol, the podcast, or just me, my life, whatever you want to ask me a question about, and I'll answer it on the show. I might start doing these once a month. If I keep getting questions at this rate, then I'm probably going to make this an official once a month thing where we're going to do a Q&A episode, uh, especially as long as you guys are enjoying it. I love doing it, and I think these are some of the more fun episodes to do because you guys come up with great questions. So we'll just keep it going as, as long as you want me to. Um, yeah, I do love answering these questions, and I wanted to mention, too, uh, if I haven't, I think I did in the last episode, but I don't type out answers to these questions. They all come off the top of my head, so I apologize if uh, the flow isn't the fastest in the whole wide world, but I don't want it to sound scripted. I want you to get the real answer from me, so I have them sitting in front of me with, with no notes on them, and I'm going to begin answering them here in a second, but first, this is not a review episode, which means I will be doing a mini-review of a mystery whiskey. Since this isn't an episode where we're dedicating it to a whiskey, I'm going to give you some notes and see if you can guess what the whiskey is. I will forewarn you a little bit, though. This mystery whiskey is a little bit different, and you will know why it is different before I ask you to guess at the very end. So you'll you'll know why, but this is different than a normal mystery whiskey. That's all I have to say. One of you listening right now might know why. On the nose, I have a, an incredibly unique nose. I can't even mention that enough. This is so unique. It actually, to me, and I maybe I just ate kind of a funky dinner. I had um, grilled chicken on a salad with blue cheese. So blue cheese, you know, it's kind of a strong flavor. Maybe it's making my palate a little different. This, weirdly enough, smells like a jelly donut to me. This is That's what this smells like to me. It's got like a raspberry like smell and then it's also got like a the glaze like the smell of the glaze of a donut on the palate i'm getting a lot of fruit like more distinct than i get from a lot of whiskeys um very sweet it has a little bit of that bitterness that you would expect from some whiskeys like maybe like barley based whiskeys um just a little bit and it's not like the harsh bitterness that you get that's like oh my gosh this is too much but it's just like a little tinge of that bitterness where I'm going to, I actually don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume there's some barley in the mash of this whiskey. Yeah, I really enjoy the fruitiness. 
I really enjoy that little bit of like maybe barley taste and almost like glazed donut taste, like the glaze of a glazed donut. Um, but the downside that I will say is I, I am getting like a strong, not super strong, but somewhat strong alcohol smell and flavor. Almost like, almost like if there's just one little drop of like nail polish remover in there, like paint thinner. And I don't want that to sound terrible because it's not, it's not horrible. It's not like overpowering, but it's just like a little bit in there. Uh, to give it a weird kind of kind of an alcohol taste to it, but the the base notes are fantastic. I'm really enjoying them. Um, there's definitely some spices in there. Once again, I'm not going to get super in depth, but uh, that's my first impression of this whiskey. Now to get into some of these questions, we have a lot, so I got to move kind of fast this episode. First question. I would love to hear a review on Brothers Bond Bourbon. I forgot to mention that these don't have to be in the form of a question. You can just make like a statement like you should do this, like this person did. Um, Brothers Bond Bourbon. I absolutely want to try Brothers Bond Bourbon, and I mentioned how I don't look things up for this, but I might need to look up how much it costs. I don't know how expensive it is, um, but I do want to have – I want to try Brothers Bond. Um, for those of you who don't know – uh, you can look it up, and you might recognize the two guys who came out with it. I'm, I think they own the company. Is I don't think they're just like the spokespeople. I'm pretty sure they own it. Uh, it's the brothers, not real brothers in real life, but the brothers from Vampire Diaries, uh, the TV show. Um, full admittance right now? Is admittance a word? Uh, full transparency right now. I have watched Vampire Diaries, and I actually very much enjoy the show. And Zach, I'm going to out him right now. Zach, who is always on the show, he loves Vampire Diaries too. He's watching it right now. If he hasn't finished it already. I don't think he's finished it yet. Last time he messaged me, he was like halfway through, but he was moving fast. Um, so yeah, those two brothers, the actors, actually came out with their own bourbon company, uh, and it's called Brothers Bond uh, Bourbon. It's uh, um, let me let me look it up real quick because I want to know how much it costs. Okay, I'm looking up on OHLQ. I've mentioned before that I use this website uh, for anywhere in Ohio that sells liquor and is registered to this website. You can find how much it costs. Brothers Bond Bourbon is only forty dollars. Forty dollars. I thought it was gonna be way more expensive because usually, um, with you know whiskeys that are made by celebrities, Zach talks about this a lot. Is they're really expensive, and they do have it near me. Okay, so it's it's somewhat near me, and it's forty dollars. So I promise you, to whoever asked this, you will get a review of Brothers Bond Bourbon. I've not had it before. I do not have an opinion on it yet, but I'm excited to try it because. It can go one of two ways. It could be overhyped because they're actors, and that's why it's overhyped. Um, or it could be really good because they're actors and they put all this money into it. Sometimes they rely on the fact that they're actors to sell it, and so it's not good. But sometimes, you know, famous people have all this money so they can put it into making like a really good one. So we'll see. At the forty dollar price point, I'm I'm excited to see how it tastes. Um, so that's kind of a half answer. Uh, I looked it up to find the price of it, obviously, and now I found that their names from Vampire Diaries are Ian Sommerhalder and Paul Wesley. I knew Ian's name because my wife is obsessed with him, uh, but I did not know Paul Wesley's names. Uh, Paul Wesley's name. So those are the two actors. They're the brothers in Vampire Diaries, and they made their own bourbon now. So I'm excited to try it. I'm excited that you asked that, and now I have an excuse to buy it. Sorry that I don't have a review for you right now on it, but there will be one coming for sure. Okay, so moving right along here, how good are whiskey stones? It depends is the answer to that question. Um, so first of all, for people who don't know what whiskey stones are, if you haven't heard of them, whiskey stones are these stones that are cubes 
uh, and you put them in the freezer and they get cold like ice would. And then you put them in your whiskey and they cool your whiskey down without watering it down. So how good are whiskey stones? It totally depends. Uh, it depends because it depends on what experience you want. For example, a lot of the times I drink my whiskey neat because that's what I prefer. I prefer that experience that neat whiskey gives me. Um, but I do drink my whiskey on ice sometimes as well. Now, there are a lot of people who will trash whiskey stones. And the reasoning for that, I'm actually, by the time this comes out, I've probably already posted the TikTok that I'm going to make about putting uh, whiskey on ice. Uh, and the reason for that, the people might trash whiskey stones are they get your whiskey cold, but they don't add any water to it. And some people argue that the water from the ice activates the whiskey, just like the wild turkey episode that we did a couple weeks ago with Zach. And I've mentioned before that the water may or may not activate the whiskey or activate chemicals in the whiskey that you need to taste the whiskey properly. Um, I think some of that is overblown and some of it, some of it's true. It changes the way that your whiskey tastes sometimes. Um, but I prefer to have my whiskey not activated most of the time. And I, I try it both ways for sure. Um, but my answer to the whiskey stones are when your whiskey gets colder, a lot of people you'll see keep their whiskey in the freezer sometimes, and that's because they say it makes it smoother. Usually when it's colder, it does give it the feel in your mouth like it's smoother, like it's not as harsh to drink. Um, so if you're just trying to smooth it out a little bit, you can absolutely use whiskey stones, and I think you'll lose a little bit of the flavor. Um, I've only used them a couple times, but when whiskey gets a little bit colder, you lose a little bit of the flavor. So I think you'll have a similar experience with the whiskey stones. Um, and then you also won't have that water, so some people don't like that. But if you wanted to have the happy medium where your whiskey gets cold but also it's not activated by water, then you could try whiskey stones. Um, once again, it's another piece of the puzzle. Like I always say, you're looking at one piece of the puzzle every time you have a glass of whiskey. So try it with the whiskey stones. Try it without them. Try it with ice. Try it with water. Try it all of the ways. But if you're asking me if you should buy some, I think absolutely, unless it's like really going to break the budget for you, but I don't think they're very expensive. If I think you should buy some, I'd say totally. Uh, you should have some. Every avid whiskey drinker should have stones. They should have ice. They should have Glencairns, and they should have lowball glasses um, if they want to try it all of those ways, but I always recommend trying it all of the ways, so that's my opinion on that, um, but I do, I do, I have used them, and I do like them uh, to an extent. Like I said, for their purpose, I enjoy them. Okay, I'm going to take another sip of this here whiskey before the next question. That flavor that was raspberry might be more of like watermelon. It might be more like watermelon with the taste of a glazed donut as well. So it's like, obviously, you never would have a watermelon-filled donut. <laughs> but it's almost like that. It's like watermelon and then that glazed flavor. And right there, uh, the last smell that I took with a little bit of that... Um, a little bit of the fumes and a little bit of that alcohol smell that I said it has almost gave it like a, a new carpet smell, which was weird. Um, but once again, I, my palate could be a little bit off. Uh, but that is your hint on this whiskey. And why is this whiskey different from other whiskeys? This whiskey is different because it is not from the past two months email list. I had a question come through and this person asked, what are your thoughts on Pendleton whiskey? Uh, so if you asked that question, thank you, because you struck me into buying it. I couldn't buy both Pendleton and Brothers Bond just for this episode. <laughs> um, so I had to pick one, and I was at the store that I was at a store that had Pendleton, so that's just what I grabbed. I'm not gonna give the full bio on it right now because Pendleton will be in its own episode as well. Um, but it is a Canadian whiskey, and I'm very much enjoying it right now. So my thoughts on it, it was very inexpensive. If I recall, it was the low 20s, maybe $26, maybe mid-20s. Um, 
but it wasn't very expensive at all, and I'm very much enjoying it for the price. I'll, I'll give it that without a doubt. It's under $30, and it tastes like a, one of the better whiskeys that I've had under $30. So those are my immediate thoughts on Pendleton whiskey, and that is the whiskey that I am reviewing for this mystery whiskey. So no mystery whiskey this episode uh, because I wanted to give my thoughts on Pendleton. So, yeah, very enjoyable for the price. Now, moving down through this list, we're just cruising along. The best whiskeys when you're balling on a budget. This is a good question, right? You're probably wondering, like, a lot of people want to know the best whiskeys, but a lot of people, especially closer to our age in their lower 20s, um, they want to know, like, what's the best whiskey I can get at a good price? There are a lot, um, and there are a lot of whiskeys. I always recommend getting one of these one of these whiskeys that are at a good price if you're getting into it because you don't want to just blow it on an expensive whiskey and then not like it, you know. Uh, so the first whiskey ever reviewed on this show, uh, Rebel Yell, which is now considered just Rebel Bourbon, that is one of my favorite budget whiskeys because it is so, so inexpensive and pretty good neat. I don't want to say it's like amazing. It's not going to compare to pretty much anything else we've had on this show because it is so cheap. It's like $16 near me. Um, but it's very inexpensive and it's pretty good. Uh, it's called Rebel Bourbon once again. I believe it's a weeded bourbon. It's right behind me. Let me look. Yes, it's a weeded bourbon, uh, and it's pretty good. So that'll give you the taste of a weeded bourbon to see if that's what you like. Now, on the other end of that spectrum, you have high rye bourbons, and that's the next one I'm going to recommend, actually, is Wild Turkey 101. We just had an episode with Wild Turkey on it, and it is the other end where you have weeded bourbons and you have high rye bourbons, and those are like the opposite of each other. Um, so I would recommend trying Wild Turkey 101 maybe if you think you're going to like the rye flavor. It's a little bit spicier uh, of a flavor, but it brings more a little bit more punch but also a little bit more flavor with that punch so depends on what you're going for and then leaving the bourbon realm and going into scotch um, a couple of the lower ish shelf scotches that i've had and enjoyed um, are glenmorangie uh, 10 year glenmorangie depending on how you pronounce it uh, 10 year uh, scotch it's a single malt scotch it's from the highlands i believe uh, Highland region. And then I like Monkey Shoulder, which is a blended scotch. So you have single malt and this is blended. Uh, and it is Speyside is the region for Monkey Shoulder. And then Johnny Walker, I want to recommend. A lot of people think it's overrated and I think it might be overhyped without a doubt. Um, but Johnny Walker does have a kind of unique flavor for, for scotch. It has a little bit of that peated flavor almost to it. So if you want to try a lower shelf Johnny Walker, I think what red is the lowest shelf for Johnny Walker. Maybe don't try red, maybe try black. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that's a decent entry level uh, scotch to just to just try it and see if it's what you like. You're for sure going to be able to tell it's different from bourbon, so it at least give you an idea of what genre you like. And then going over to Irish whiskey, uh, one of my favorite low shelf Irish whiskeys is Tullamore Dew. I think it's really easy to drink for the price. I want to say that's low twenties as well. Um, all of those scotches I mentioned are low thirties, I think. I don't know if I've even bought a scotch in the low 20s. Scotches tend to be a little bit more expensive. I'm sure I have, and it's just not coming to my brain right now. Uh, but Tullamore Dew, a relatively inexpensive Irish whiskey. And then, of course, you've got Jameson. 
I think for the price, Tullamore Dew is probably better for the cost of it. But then if you get to Jameson, uh, I've always I always mess this up. Jameson Black Barrel, not Double Black, because Johnny Walker has a Double Black. Jameson Black Barrel is a little bit more expensive than normal Jameson, um, so it's not as much balling on a budget. But that's an excellent Irish whiskey as well from Jameson, of course. There are a lot of excellent Irish whiskeys, but balling on a budget, I would say Tullamore Dew. Uh, and then, of course, the only Japanese whiskey that I have had on the show, uh, Suntory Whiskey Toki. Uh, I really enjoy that if you want to try Japanese. And it was one of the less expensive ones near me. And finally, you've got Canadian. We've had Crown Royal on the show, which is solid, but, you know, not a whole lot of flavor. Not like this Pendleton. So I'd actually recommend you try this Pendleton for Canadian whiskeys over the um, over the Crown Royal. So those are my recommendations. I try to give one from every genre, at least. Uh, obviously, I know a bit more about bourbon because that's what a lot of people from America drink and what they want to hear about. So I, I drink a lot of bourbon. Oh, another bourbon I didn't mention. Um, I think it's about the same price as Wild Turkey is Bullet from the last episode. I mentioned how that's not expensive, not cheap, but not bad at all. It's very solid. But yeah, those are my recommendations for Ballin' on a Budget. Hopefully one of those ones in there you will enjoy. There's another one that I left out, but it's because I know for sure I'm going to answer it for a different question. <laughs> so those are my recommendations uh, for Ballin' on a Budget whiskeys. Uh, this next question was my best ideas for whiskey and cigar pairings. There are a lot of ways I could go with this question, so I'm going to try to give general guidelines instead, instead of like specific pairings. Uh, because specific pairings are are so specific. Like, I might like a whiskey that you hate, and I might like a cigar that you hate. But so the odds of me liking a whiskey and cigar pairing that you hate just increase like exponentially. But I'd rather give some guidelines. Um, pairing cigars with whiskey is an incredibly age old practice. I love it. They go together so well. Fun fact, that's actually how I got into drinking whiskey was I was into cigars when I turned 18, because when I was 18, you could buy cigars at 18, now it's 21. Um, I got into smoking cigars, and I started then when I was 21 uh, drinking whiskey with the cigars. And so then I was like, oh, this whiskey's pretty good. And that's how I got into whiskey, which I'm actually more into than cigars now. Um, so whiskey and cigar pairings, how do you want to do, do that, right? Like what's a good idea of how to even get started so you have a good experience? The basics go like this. You typically want, and what I typically shoot for, is a cigar that has a couple flavors similar to the flavor of the whiskey. It's similar in some ways but different in other ways. And then you can take that and go to both ends of the spectrum. So then you could try a whiskey that is very similar to the cigar. And what I mean is like, maybe you've got like a light and airy whiskey, uh, like the Tullamore Dew I just mentioned, right? So that's light, it's sweet, it's not overwhelming. And then with that, you can have a light, sweet cigar. Off the top of my head, like a Brick House Double Connecticut is extremely light, an extremely light cigar, also easy on a budget. Um, or like your Camacho, Connecticut, mostly a Connecticut is where I'm headed with like a really light whiskey. Or you can have a very strong whiskey that's really going to get you with a very strong cigar. So here you got like Esteban Carrera's Mr. Brownstone. That's one that I used to like that's very strong. You got to be in the mood for like a strong cigar. Um, I'm pretty sure CAO Flathead or Fathead. I don't know. I think it's Flathead. I don't remember for sure, but it's, yeah, flathead, because I, I think the end of it is, like, flattened. I don't know for sure. Um, that's another one that's, like, pretty strong. 
So you can go that route. And then if you've had both of them and you know what the whiskey kind of tastes like, you know what the cigar kind of tastes like, you can pair up notes. Because there's a lot of notes that translate between the two hobbies, right? You've got vanilla, cinnamon, um, kind of like those fall, like grassy notes sometimes. Um, a good one for the grassy notes are uh, or is um, Atabay. That's one that has like a good, like almost grassy note to it, um, in my opinion. Uh, you got notes of cocoa in select whiskeys not very often but you've got notes of cocoa in a lot of cigars and then those bitter notes you can pair up too like the leather or like the really dark chocolate that has kind of a bitterness to it uh, so you can go that way and get two very similar ones or you can go the other way and get two that are like pretty different that way it's kind of like you go to one and you get this experience and then you go to the other and you get that experience and they kind of play on each other um, typically it's best to have in my opinion a couple of notes that relate than a couple that don't. But one of the biggest rules of thumb that I give, and I had somebody ask me this through my DMs and I told him this as well. I said, uh, you want to decide which experience you want to go for a lot of the time. Am I trying to enjoy this cigar with a glass of whiskey or am I trying to enjoy this glass of whiskey with a cigar? There's a big difference there because you're going to want to pick the stronger thing to be the one that you're really, really focused on, right? Um, and that's not necessarily, you don't have to do it that way, but that's the way that I like to do it so that I know for sure, you know, I'm really picking this, this whiskey is not going to get steamrolled by this cigar. I'm not drinking Tullamore Dew with Mr. Brownstone, like I had just mentioned. That's a super strong cigar. I'm probably barely going to taste that Tullamore Dew at all. If I want to focus on the cigar, sure, maybe, but maybe I wouldn't pick something with that huge of a contrast or I'm just not even going to enjoy the whiskey anymore. It's going to be like I'm not even drinking it. So maybe I pick something a little bit stronger, like maybe your bullet bourbon that we had last week where it's sweeter, but a little bit stronger. So those are all the kinds of things you want to keep in mind. And it's best to just think in absolutes, right? Stronger cigar, weaker whiskey, or vice versa. Not like, oh, this one's, you know, 50% strong and this one's 75% strong. Just try to start with that. Try your black and white first. Try your gray. Try your white and white. Try your black and black. And try all of those and then decide which combination you like the most. <clears throat> or maybe you're like me and you're just horribly indecisive and you try them all all the time. But that, that's my advice uh, for that. And you'll find that when you get into a certain mood, then you'll know which, which combination to go to. Okay. If you created your own whiskey, what would you name it? Oh, this is a good one. I would love to create my own whiskey brand. Would you guys buy it? Everybody listening, I hope you would buy it if I created my own whiskey. If I created my own whiskey, it'd probably be a bourbon because I'm in America and bourbons sell the best in America. <sighs> what would I name it, though? I don't know exactly what I would name it. I don't want to put any names out there because what if I do come out with my own bourbon and I want to name it that and one of you guys steals it? <laughs> but I, I will say I would probably go one of two name, two, one of two ways with a name. The name would either be like a really cool, like tough as nails type name or be the opposite and it'd be like a clever name. You know, like, um, I'm pretty sure there's an IPA, isn't there? It's called like Sweetwater, where it's like, and that's not as clever, but like, it's more tongue in cheek. It's kind of just like sweet water, even though whiskey's like harsh, you know? Something like that, where it's, it's kind of clever or funny or like maybe a little bit sarcastic. That's probably the route that I would go with naming my whiskey. But I, don't have an exact name, and I definitely wouldn't tell you if I did, <laughs> because I don't want you coming up with it before me if I decide to make a whiskey. Um, it's something I would spend a ton of time thinking about it. I spend 
a lot of time before I make any decisions. Whiskey Noobs was not just automatically the name of this podcast. Uh, whether you like it or hate it, I, it took me forever to decide for sure to do that. Uh, so whether you think it's a good name or not is beside the point. The next question, what's a good whiskey for someone who's never had it before, never had whiskey before? Now, I always answer this question with a total cop-out. It's a total sidestep to the question. I don't give you an exact whiskey. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me this question. I've actually had it on TikTok as well a couple times. And I always say the best whiskey for you to try is multiple from very different categories. And typically, typically lower shelf not like low shelf not like super cheap but find the inexpensive ones that you can find people recommend a lot online and that are that are relatively inexpensive and pick one from different categories now if you can't afford to buy five whiskeys because there's five categories typically there's five you know countries that we talk about um I would stick to the big three if you're able to afford that. And if you're not able to afford that, then I would stick to one bourbon and one either scotch or Irish because scotch and Irish can be kind of similar, similar relative to how different bourbon is. Uh, And then if you can only afford one bottle, I would recommend a bourbon because bourbon is typically pretty welcoming compared to the other two, in my opinion. Uh, I just find that most people that I know who aren't into whiskey are are better at getting into bourbon. And when they try bourbon, they're like, oh, okay, I can kind of see it. That's pretty sweet. Bourbon typically has a sweetness to it that comes from the corn in it. And when you age the corn over time, it gets a little bit sweeter. That's more information than you needed, but that's just, that's why. <laughs> so that's what I would recommend. And I don't want to recommend a specific bourbon. I'll put a few names out there, but I recommend you look up bourbons that you see people recommending a lot online, see what flavors people say they get from them, and then pick one of those based on the flavors that people say they're getting, or maybe like the experience they say they're getting. If they're saying there's a high alcohol taste to it, don't try that one as your first one because you're not going to like the high alcohol taste. Um, For a more specific recommendation, I'd probably recommend any of the ones from the list that I uh, just gave for the Ballin' on a Budget bourbons or balling on a budget whiskeys rather. Um, so I would recommend any of those to somebody who's getting started because they're inexpensive. And if you don't like them, you're not out very much money. Um, I also typically recommend Buffalo trace to people. A lot of the times, if you're able to find that it can be really hard to find. Uh, but any, any of those budget whiskeys that I mentioned, honestly are pretty welcoming, especially like I said, the two bourbons, bourbons often pretty welcoming. So you could try any of those, um, off the top of my head, another bourbon that's pretty good is four roses. I don't think I mentioned that, but I do like Four Roses a lot too. Uh, there's a lot out there. Like I said, find one that you see online that sounds good to you and just try it. And and don't be discouraged if you don't like it. Like I said, you got to try a few that even ones that don't sound like you would end up liking them. Maybe you will end up liking them. So that's my recommendation. I always say try a few of them at least. Uh, the next question, an alcohol or whiskey that makes me sick, even just to smell it. I thought about this one a lot when I got it. This is a fun question. Um... I don't think I have an alcohol like that. I, I get what you're saying, right? Like the alcohol that you probably had too much of and it makes you sick even just to smell it. I don't think I have one of those. Now, for a while, vodka did that for me. And vodka still, as far as as far as far alcohols that would, I guess, repulse me a little bit, vodka is probably one. I can mix it for like mixed drinks and stuff, uh, but it just does not – I the, the taste of it, I just don't like at all. But like tequila, I love the flavor of. But so like, I know a lot of people for tequila, it's a tough one. Um, but I like the flavor of tequila. I never went through that phase with Fireball that a lot of people have where they hate it now. 
Um, and the closest I got to a phase like that was Jack Daniels Honey, but I still like that as well. So I don't think I've really ruined an alcohol for myself. And then I don't think, I don't think there's any alcohol that I've, you know, like I guess I said, like I said, I don't think there's any alcohol that I've ruined for myself, but I guess vodka in general, I don't like the smell slash taste of very much. I can't think of any whiskeys that I don't like just genuinely do not like the taste of, um, None that I can think of that I've had have I been like, oh, this is just gross to me. Like, this just isn't my palate at all. Usually, it, I mean, there are some that I'm like, oh, this could be a little bit better. But none that are like, oh, my gosh, this is – I just don't like this. So I don't really have one of those either. But for alcohols that I do not like, the smell slash taste of vodka is one of them. And I can mix it pretty well and, like, enjoy it that way. Um, but I don't just like the taste of vodka very much at all. Uh, next, we've got the best value for the money bourbon. And this is why I did not say Buffalo Trace earlier when you said balling on a budget whiskeys. Uh, this is a similar question. Best value for the money, specifically bourbon. And you didn't you didn't say like, like balling on a budget. I picture like, okay, we're just talking lower shelf stuff. Um, value for the money, I picture, okay, now it can be more expensive, um, but I want to get more out of it. So like a good value for that more expensive. Uh, so I always say Buffalo Trace. Some people hate Buffalo Trace. Uh, there, this is like a very hot topic because some people just think it's so overrated. I don't think it's overrated. I think there's so much hype surrounding it that when people eventually try it, they're disappointed because they think it's going to be like this miracle whiskey. Buffalo Trace is just a very solid like just good whiskey. It, it like for the price, it is a very good whiskey. It tastes like it should cost more than it does, and that's why I like it so much. And that's why it's so hard to come by. I mean, it's just a really good bourbon. But I love Buffalo Trace, and I actually, you know, I talk about it on the podcast a lot. I actually just had somebody um buy it and then tell me and message me and be like, "Hey, I really liked it." And I was so happy about that. Somebody listens to the podcast. Um so if you're listening right now, I that just made my day to see that you enjoyed it and that you're liking the podcast. Um as I said, whenever people message me uh about the podcast, I love to hear uh, your guys' feedback and that you enjoy it. Uh but they don't take my word for it. Take this listener's word for it because they very much enjoyed Buffalo Trace. And that's if you're able to find it. So I don't like to just go on that one cuz it can be hard to find. Now, one that you can typically find and you said value for the money, so I'm not just talking about cheap now. Um, so a little bit more expensive. I love the Four Roses single single barrel. I think for the price, that is a very good whiskey. Now it's more expensive. It's like fifty bucks, I think. Um, but it, it's a very good whiskey for the price as well. But yeah, I mean, as far as whiskeys that are are a good value or bourbon specifically that are a good value for the price, um, I would say definitely Buffalo Trace and then also that Four Roses single barrel just off the top of my head, especially it's right next to me on my shelf right now. Um, But I think those are both really good whiskeys for the price. I'm going to turn around and see what other bourbons I've got. Okay, here's another one. So I always uh, do say Bullet as well is a solid bourbon for the price. Another one, if you're able to find it, it can be rare too, is Angel's Envy. That is very much one of my higher ranking whiskeys. It's not technically a bourbon because it's aged in used wine barrels and bourbons have to be aged in brand new barrels. Um, but it's a bourbon that is then aged in wine barrels and it is delicious. You can kind of taste that wine flavor, specifically port wine barrels. Um, and so you can taste that and it's very good as well. Uh, so that would be my, my other recommendation just from looking at my shelf really quickly. Hopefully that gives you something to go based off of. Angel's Envy is another one that's kind of expensive, but really worth the money. I think it's also 50 or $60. 
And then last but certainly not least, when are you going to make Zach a full-time co-host? <laughs> that is an awesome question. I thought it was funny. They sent it with a uh, winky face, too, so I think that's funny. And I think if Zach's listening, he'll get a kick out of it. Um, I don't intend to make Zach a full-time co-host anytime soon. I don't intend to have a co-host anytime soon. Um, if I were to have a co-host, I think Zach would be a great option. And I think he would really enjoy that as well. Uh, the problem is right now, Zach and I both live very crazy lives. Um, I couldn't have a co-host right now if I wanted to just because I I have a crazy schedule. And so unless my co-host had a very relaxed, very easy schedule, uh, we're going to have a hard time finding time to sit down in a room together and, and talk about this. So I pretty much, that's why I always have guests is because if guest number one can't make it, I talk to guest number two. And if guest number two can't make it, I talk to guest number three, et cetera. Um, so it's a lot easier when you have a pool of people to pick from. I do intend in the near future to start having more guests on um, and possibly some some kind of exciting guests that have their own things going on. Um, but that's still in the works. Uh, but as far as having Zach as a co-host, I am very glad to know that you guys like him as a guest. Uh, Zach, if you're listening, you earned yourself a spot on another episode here soon. Uh, and he knows a lot about the hobby. He's He is exactly like the person I'm targeting with this show. Um, he's, he's getting into it, and he's learned a lot more uh, in the past six months that I've been making this show. So he's not necessarily a noob anymore, but I don't really think anybody who listens to this podcast from the beginning is a noob very much anymore, very likely to be a noob. Uh, so he, he's a great guy to have on the show. I love all of my guests. That's why I have them all the time. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that you guys are liking them as well. So that's why I saved that question for last. I thought that was funny. Uh, so as always, thank you guys so much for your questions. Thank you for participating. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for everything. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, it would probably be a few weeks ago by the time this posts, but we actually were ranked really high on uh, Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, uh, in the United States for a little bit, not for an extended period of time, but I think it was about a day. We were ranked actually number ninth in the United States in our category. So you guys are the best listeners ever, and I'm loving doing this. I'm loving the reaction that I'm getting from people, uh, all the people who are enjoying it and telling me that they have found their way into the hobby through the show and are liking the show. So don't stop giving me feedback is the moral of the story there. Don't stop listening. Don't stop telling me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. I'm always open to constructive criticism, and I'm working every day to try to make this a better show for you guys. So I just want everybody listening to know that and that I am so grateful to have awesome listeners uh, like you guys who are participating and sending me these questions. So this has been Q&A 3.0. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the questions. If you didn't hear your question, then shoot me a message and let me know. I must have missed it. Uh, or if you didn't get a chance to ask your question every Wednesday, all day, it's going to be on my Instagram story. I post it at about, it depends on when I roll out of bed, <laughs> but about 7 o'clock Eastern time is usually when I post it to my story in the morning. So then it's on there for 24 hours and you're more than welcome to ask me questions about absolutely anything. Uh, so that's all that I've got for this show today. Thank you guys again for all of these questions and do not forget, learn to drink, drink to learn. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol